Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Hello, RA Church. I hope, pray, and trust that you are all doing well. It's a shame I can't be with you in person, but at least I can be with you online. Well, before I get into my message today, I always want to give honor where honor is due. And I love your church very much, but I also really love and appreciate your pastor, your, your, your great pastor, Phil Craig. He's been a good friend of mine for for many years now, and I truly believe that the hand of God is on his life in such a profound and powerful way. He is one of the finest leaders I know, and uh, he has become such a dear, dear friend to me over the years. So thank you, Phil, for having me. Thank you for your leadership and your passion and hunger to see the local church be all it is. I am blessed to know you, and I am better because of you. Well, Phil has also given me permission to talk about my new book. And uh, for those of you that connect with me online or follow me on social media, you've probably seen some of this already. But The Wrestle Is Worth It was released just before Christmas. And uh, as the title suggests, it is all about wrestling with God. And I'm very open and very honest with my own wrestles, in particular that one, uh, the big one for, for my wife and I, the loss of our first child, a little baby called Elle. And uh, I ask, ask and answer tried to answer some big questions in here, but I believe it is full of hope, full of faith, and it will help you. So please, if you've not read it yet, and I know some of you have, I have received some very kind messages from some, from some of you there in R8, but if you haven't, then please head to my website, lukebrendling.com, or onto Amazon and just write in The Wrestler's Worth It or Luke Brendling, and you can grab a copy there. But please do, and when you do, take a photo, send it to me. I love to see uh, people's response and reaction when they're grabbing the book. Anyway, I want to pray. I've got a message I believe is really going to help you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come around your word. And I pray that as I speak, Lord, that every person watching this broadcast or listening to this broadcast, wherever they may be, Lord, I ask that they will be challenged, inspired, convicted, and encouraged. Father, meet them. Meet them right where they are at today. May we never be the same again. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, it is great to be joining you today. I have a message I want to share with you titled, Surviving the Storm. Surviving the Storm. Could there be a more appropriate message in such a time like this? What a year it has been with so much going on. I would say that it's affected every one of us in one way or another. For so many, it's been a difficult, challenging, and perhaps even a heartbreaking time. You've found yourself in a storm, a storm that's caught you off guard, a storm so fierce that you don't know what day it is, a relentless storm that has no obvious end in sight. This storm has disrupted your life. Now, a storm can come in many forms, and I'm not just talking about the weather. 
It could be a financial storm. The business is in trouble. The contract didn't come through. The company have let you go. Maybe it's a relational storm and your marriage is on the ropes. Uh, a family member has hurt you deeply. Perhaps there's been a betrayal by someone close to you. Maybe your storm is a physical storm and you're battling with sickness, always tired, drained by living in pain. It could be an emotional storm. You can't take any more bad news. Depression keeps knocking on your door. Fear of the future continually invades your thinking. Storms, storms, the storms of life. We all have them. Some show up in public, whereas others cause damage in secret. Some attack in broad daylight, whereas others sweep in at night, hidden under the cover of darkness. Everyone faces storms, but there will be certain storms that force us to ask the question, where is God in the storm? Why is he letting this happen? What am I supposed to do now? If you have ever asked those questions or wrestled with such thoughts, then you're not alone. Even Jesus' disciples knew how that felt. My assignment today comes from Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through to 27. And you can also read this story in the Gospels of Mark and Luke. But let me uh, dive into it here, starting in verse 23. It says, Then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, <laughs> without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Let me just stop there for a moment. Without warning. These are the worst types of storms. When you know a storm is on the horizon, at least you can prepare for it. You can bring in the supplies, batten down the hatches. You can even vacate and evacuate the premises. You tend to deal much better with a storm when you have a warning. It's the ones without warning, the fights that, that take you by surprise, that can cause you the greatest destruction. Some of you will know my story, but for those of you who don't, in, in April 2015, my wife gave birth to a beautiful, stillborn baby girl. Nine months of development, discussions and dreams gone, taken away from us in a moment. No time to adjust, no time to gather our thoughts or, com or compose ourselves. There was no notifications or alert that this was going to happen. The storm swept in and now we were fighting for our lives, gasping to take a hold of some sort of normality. Oh, how a sudden storm can shake things up. And so it says here that this furious storm uh, swept the waves, swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> Verse 25, the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus replied, you're of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of a man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey him? Just before this storm occurred, Jesus had been healing many people. 
Those watching on had been excited by what they saw. Some even stated that they wanted to follow him wherever he would go. And who could blame them? Watching miracles take place in such high volume would have been incredible. You would have been on a constant high knowing that each day was to be full of people receiving life-changing answers to their prayers. I can just imagine how those disciples must have felt on that particular day. Feeling so good, they'd seen Peter's mother-in-law healed from a fever, evil spirits driven out of people, and it said all, not some, all who had been brought to Jesus, the sick, the lame, the suffering, they were all healed, every single one of them. What a day. And so onto the boat they go with Jesus, full of joy about what Jesus was going to do on the other side of the lake. I can see them bedding down for the night tired physically but alive in their spirit however without warning a furious storm whipped up and they started to go into a panic yesterday's miracles were quickly forgotten about delight turned to anguish smiles to sorrow and their wonders into woe even though Jesus was right there with them But there is something about a storm that can shake your senses. Once I was preaching in the USA and the schedule was full. I had spoken Friday night, Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon in Dallas. But I then had to go straight to the airport to catch a flight, a 6pm flight to Houston as I was preaching there at a church in the morning. I boarded the plane at 5 p.m. and we were ready to take off at 6. But as we were heading towards the runway, suddenly a hurricane combined with the most severe of storms swept in. The thunder roared as the lightning illuminated the dimly lit cabin. As the plane shuddered and jolted from side to side, we waited on the ground for the next five hours, or six hours, sorry. It was 11 p.m., hoping that the storm would pass, but it wasn't. In fact, the flight was then cancelled. I knew that I had to get to Houston. And so I happened to hear the girl sitting a few rows next, a few rows behind me talk about hiring a car and driving through the night because she too had to be in Houston by the morning. Then another girl got involved in the conversation. And before we knew it, the three of us came up with a plan. I was not going to let the storm hinder my assignment. And I believe that's a word for someone right there. Well, I have to say, But the first part of that journey was terrifying, and I was praying under my breath. I didn't know if I had made the right uh, decision. The rain was so hard you could barely see a meter in front of you, and the thunder was so loud that it drowned out the radio we were trying to listen to. I have to say, in the car, aside from praying under my breath, I also got to share my testimony with these two girls, and that in itself is another story. But I finally arrived into my hotel at about 5 a.m., went straight to bed, got up at 8 a.m. I was in church by 9 a.m., ready to preach the Word of God. My point is this. A furious storm is harrowing, but it is not the end. It is not 
the end. You have a choice to make. Either you let the storm overcome you or you focus on the promises of Jesus by trusting in him. You see, friend, you cannot stay in the storm. And I'm going to give you three promises right now. Three promises from the Word of God that are going to help you survive the storm. Oh, I hope you're ready. I hope you're pleased that you've tuned in to church today. My first promise is this. Number one, is that in a storm you have access to, number one, the peace of Jesus. I love that during this entire ordeal, Jesus is fast asleep. And I don't know how that is possible. Before COVID and the coronavirus hit the world, I would spend a lot of time on aeroplanes. And it always frustrated me seeing people asleep the moment they sat in their chair to the right through to the moment we landed while I had been awake the entire time. Do you know, I have a friend that once got thrown out of a nightclub for sleeping. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't fighting. He wasn't causing a scene. No, he was ejected for being fast asleep. Oh, does anyone else know someone that can sleep anywhere? Oh, how I wish that I had that gift. But sleeping through an immense storm paints the most incredible picture of Jesus. That in the midst of turmoil, his body, his heart and mind are at complete rest. How comforting that Jesus' attitude, mood and posture was not altered by the outside circumstances. That there is absolutely nothing in this world that can surprise him or put fear into him. Nothing. How reassuring that is that Jesus never changes even when the situation does. He remains the same, calm, confident and in control. He is at complete peace, a natural state of harmony, an inner stillness that cannot be disturbed. It's hard to explain, but I know when I go to to tuck my four-year-old girl into her bed some nights, she can be in such a deep, deep sleep that I have to lean over very carefully just to check that she is still breathing. This is the type of stillness that Jesus is demonstrating to us in this story, an unshakable serenity, an unwavering tranquility. This is the Jesus that you and I get to put our trust in. And he has made this peace, this peace, he has made it available to you, you and I, to us. Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. You should underline that if you've got your Bible. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It is a peace that makes no sense. Do you know there is no way you should be at peace when the waves are crashing over your boat in the middle of a storm? 
There is no way you should be at peace with God when you lose a baby at full term. There is no way you should be at peace when that person has caused you harm and humiliation. Friend, I don't know what thoughts are tormenting your mind today, shaking your confidence, causing you sleepless nights, but today, today it changes, for you can have a new hope, for it lies in the person the Bible describes as the Prince of Peace, the Restorer, the Healer, the Protector, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus, He died on a cross and He rose again so that you could experience His unfathomable peace. Psalm 85 verse 8 says, God promises, He promises peace to His people. Romans 8 verse 6 says that the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. In other words, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then complete peace is available to you no matter who or what you are facing. You can receive it, you can walk in it, it can rule and reign over your life. So present, present your request to God, take your petitions and prayer to Him and watch Jesus bring calm into your chaos right now. Oh, let your soul be still. Be still as His peace occupies your mind. Oh, the promise of peace. The second promise in a storm that you have access to is number two, the protection of Jesus. The Bible says in this account that the storm was so ferocious that it swept over the boat. This was no ordinary storm. This was not just a, a few drops of rain and a small gust of wind. No, this was big. This was your worst nightmare type of storm. The storm that you wish will never happen. In the book of Mark, the story says that the waves were so high that the boat was nearly swamped. Now, you have to remember that these guys were fishermen and they knew these waters better than anyone else. They would have experienced all sorts of bad weather over the years. So for them to be so frightened shows the magnitude of the chaotic scenes that they now found themselves in. To be so scared and finding themselves running to Jesus the carpenter, <laughs> Think about that. The fishermen run into Jesus the carpenter means that what they were up against was completely outside of their control. They felt that the only way they were going to make it through was with some sort of divine intervention. And perhaps that's exactly how you feel today. But you know, we could sit here and, and question that their bravery. We could laugh at the disciples for their response. We could think that, well, come on, they were overreacting a little bit, especially as they could actually see Jesus. Remember, the story says that they followed Jesus onto the boat, so he was right there. But let's be honest, they were no different to you and I. We all do the same. Often when trouble hits, worry replaces peace. 
Doubt overtakes uh, security. Fear speaks louder than faith. Oh, does anyone know what I am talking about? One minute you can be rejoicing. Life is all going well. The next minute trouble hits and you are absolutely terror-stricken. Well, Jesus, in those moments, how he quickly moves to the back seat of your mind. And we forget, we forget who is on your side. You know God is real. You've experienced his faithfulness. You've received his blessings. You've walked in his favor. You've witnessed his miracles. You've had answered prayers. But yet you still have that doubt that God can really protect you. I heard an incredible story recently about a a U.S. Marine during World War II. And uh, he, he was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. The fighting had been so intense that in the smoke and the crossfire, he had been separated from his comrades alone in the jungle. He could hear the enemy soldiers coming in his direction. And so scrambling for cover, he found his way high up on a ridge to where several caves were located. Quickly, he crawled inside one of those caves. And although safe for a moment, he realized that once those enemy soldiers started coming up that ridge, they would soon find him. And so he prayed, Lord, if it would be your will, would you protect me? Whatever your will, though, I love you and I trust you. Amen. After praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy beginning to draw close. And he thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. But just then, he saw a spider begin to build a web in front of his cave, over the front of his cave. As he watched, listening to the enemy, searching for him all the while, the spider layered strand after strand of web across the opening of his cave. Ah, he thought, what I need is a brick wall, but what God has sent me is a spider's web. How he does have a sense of humor. But this time as the enemy drew closer, and he watched from the darkness of his hideout. He could, search, he could see them searching cave after cave after cave. And as they came to his, he got ready to make his last stand. But to his amazement, after them glancing in the direction of his cave, they moved on. And suddenly, it was then he realized that with the spider's web over his entrance, his cave looked like no one had entered that cave for some time. Lord, forgive me, this young marine prayed. I had forgotten that in you, a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. Wow. You see, I don't know what you're up against today or who has rocked your boat. I understand that when you're in a storm, it is easy to lose sight of everything else. But if you do not remember anything else I say to you today, remember this. Your storm may be fierce, but never forget that the presence of the storm does not mean a lack of God's presence. I'll say that again. The presence of the storm does not mean the lack of God's presence. He doesn't want you buried beneath your burdens or overwhelmed by worry. 
He wants you to trust him. He wants you to believe in him and walk in his promises. The promises the book of Psalms declares, like in Psalm 32 verse 7, that says that God is is our hiding place, that he will protect us from trouble and surround us with songs of deliverance. Psalm 37, 28 says, For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever and the righteous will inherit the land. Then there's Psalm 91, verse 14 and 15 says, I will rescue him. I will protect him. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver and honor him. Friend, in Jesus, you have protection. You will have shelter. You will come through your storm. So do not fear, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you shall go. If he can save a soldier by having a spider spin a web at the front of his cave, then I wonder how God is going to help and protect you during your time of great need. God is your protector, and he has you're back. Oh, I'm preaching myself happy today. My third and final promise in a storm that you have access to, to help you survive the storm, is this. Number three, the power of Jesus. You have access to the power of Jesus. In the storm, you have access to the peace of Jesus, the protection of Jesus, and the power of Jesus. Verse 26, it says, Then he got up. Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the rain, and it was completely calm. I cannot begin to imagine the elation that must have filled those on board that boat when that happened. I mean, it's hard to get your head around. Unless you were there, how do you describe such a thing? In a moment, the entire picture shifts from panic to praise, chaos to calm, darkness to light. How? How is this possible? How is it that Jesus can speak to a storm and the wind and rain obey him? How can Jesus speak to to blind eyes and they be opened? How can he speak to deaf ears and people healed, uh, people hear? How can he speak to, to troubled minds and they be made well? How can he speak to withered hands and they be ha- made whole? How can he speak to, to, to those that, that, how can he say to people, pick up your mat and walk and the layman starts to walk? I'll tell you how. Because he is the son of God sent to earth to pay the penalty for our sins by dying on a cross and rising from the dead. It is through his death on a cross and resurrection from the grave that he has all power and all authority over everything. And I love that imagery that we see of this in Colossians 2, 15, in the Passion Translation. Listen to this. It says, Then Jesus, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them their every weapon and all spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus uh, led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were 
his. My goodness, God has your enemies, your adversaries, your storms like a small dog being tied on a tight lead. He is the ultimate master, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the name above every other name. So whatever your storm is right now, whether it is a secret storm or a storm for all to see, can I encourage you to stop looking at the waves that sweep over you and start focusing your trust on the one who is sat beside you. Jesus is as close to you as he was as close to those disciples were that night. Jesus hasn't jumped off your boat. Jesus hasn't abandoned you. Jesus hasn't left you. He is with you. He is for you. And everything, everything, everything shall bow under his name, the name of Jesus. He has all power. He has all dominion. He has all authority. He has the power to heal, the power to restore, the power to transform, the power to renew hope, the power to give life. So do not be afraid for when you pass through the waters, they will not sweep over you. So when you pass through the waters, he will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For when Jesus is with you, even when it looks like he is sleeping, you will have peace, you will have protection, and you will have power to survive every single storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, whenever I have the privilege of sharing a message about Jesus, I always want to give people the opportunity to make their peace with God, to invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. As I mentioned in the message, Jesus Christ died on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin. He took our sin, our shame, our guilt to the grave. But three days later, the Bible boldly declares that the grave could hold him no more and that Jesus Christ would rise from the dead. In doing so, he would smash through the chains of sin. He would break through the bonds of death and make a way. He would make a way for you and I to be forgiven, to be loved and accepted. It's a gift. It's a gift. We call it the gift of salvation. And you can receive that gift today simply by repenting of your sins, which means say sorry to God and turn your life towards him. Invite him in. Allow him to come and live on the inside of you. It is a gift that you cannot buy. You cannot earn. You cannot work from it. It's a gift of faith. It's a gift where you say, Jesus, come and live in me. And I can promise you, it is the greatest gift you will ever receive. Your life will never be the same again. Now, perhaps you've never made this decision before. Perhaps it's the first time you've ever been given the opportunity to make your peace with God. But you know today that something is stirring on your insides and you have to say yes to him.
Or perhaps you have said yes to Jesus, but but the storms of life have have swept you off of his path, have have swept you away from, from the calling and purpose on your life. And you know that you're not living that life that he's called you to live. And you need to recommit your life to Jesus today. I'm speaking to you too. Well, whoever you are, I want the the, the privilege to lead you through a very simple prayer of faith right now, which is going to see you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. So if you would, could you bow your heads and pray this prayer after me? Dear God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Today, I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me from my sins. Father, I turn towards you and I accept your gift of grace. As a follower of Christ, I ask that you would use me to make your name known all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may I be the first to congratulate you if you made that decision. Someone now is going to jump online or perhaps get up there on platform and tell you what to do next. But as I said, it is the best decision that you can ever make. And I am so excited, so excited for what God is going to do in and through you. But before I finish, I want to pray for you. Today, I spoke about surviving the storm. And maybe right now you find yourself in the worst storm that you've ever been in. You can't see a way out. There doesn't appear to be a way forward. Well, I want to speak God's word over you. So let me pray. Father, Lord, in your mighty name, we thank you that your word is true. And we thank you that it is powerful. And you know every person watching this broadcast right now, you know their their position, their struggle, their heartache. And I want to pray in faith, Lord, that you fill them with your peace. Lord, that peace that transcends all understanding. Lord, I want to believe for your protection to be upon every single person. Lord, protect and make a way for people to thrive. And Lord, if it's the power that they need, your power, I pray that you will breathe miracles and breakthrough and healing and restoration into their storms and situations right now. Oh, we thank you. We thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We thank you that all things are possible to him who believes. And so, God, for those of us that find ourselves in a storm right now, we thank you that calm is on the horizon. And so, God, we speak it into existence in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen, church. It's been a joy to join with you today, and I hope I get to see you in person very soon. God bless. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life, and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.